Well, this is the third week, the final week of our CrossFit series, where we've been looking at how, as a faith community, we have come to fit and be in the likeness of Christ, how well we fit with the cross. And uh, we've been looking at the strengths of, of how he's uh, journeyed us, whether it be recently or over a long period of time, and that we find ourselves embodying Christ. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you've read in the newsletter, we, we actually want to take the opportunity this week. Uh, we want to encourage you to have a think about what you see as a strength here in the church. And want to encourage you to, whether it's text or call or email or come speak to me afterwards about something that you value, that you see in this church as that, that God has done uh, as a real strength. And we want to compile those, put them together. We're going to put them in the newsletter this week. And if you can't find it in the newsletter, that means nobody has spoken to me at all, okay? Um, we're going to put them in the newsletter so that we can celebrate them together. And then even on Sunday, it's, we're going to use those things to flavour our community prayers together so that we can be celebrating together as the church about what God is, is doing here and has done here in this place. So I want to encourage you. I'm giving you free reign during the sermon this morning. Uh, if you don't have my number, it's at the bottom of the newsletter. And I give you permission just to switch off for a few moments and send me a quick text. And just be, hey, this is something I really value in our church community. Send me that text. I won't get it. It's over there. That's fine. And then you can hopefully switch back on in to what's going on. Uh, why are we doing this? Because we are the priesthood of all believers. And each one of us here has something of value to give and share and contribute. We're also doing this because hopefully you know that... Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding true for right now and holding true for everything that is to come as well. So we're going to revel in the godliness that God has brought to our community here. Uh, celebrate that. So we don't have to worry about looking like this guy, okay? We don't have to worry about wearing T-shirts like this. Jesus, the original crossfitter, he lifted me up. Or like this. We don't have to wear T-shirts like this. Jesus is my spotter. We don't have to live with slogans like this one. Faith, weights and protein shakes. Okay. And we don't have to have this, uh, this very real slogan. No, it's hard to read. No pain, no gain. Right there on the cross. We don't have to be like that. Godliness comes from the inside out. And he plants those things with us and they transform us. The last strength we're going to look at today uh, is looking at the church, the body of Christ, and how with the church every part is meant to play its part. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 12, verses uh, 12 through to 26. 
So if you do have your Bible with you, I want to encourage you to, to open it up to there, find it. Because uh, I know, especially even last week as I was listening to text, you know, he shared something and I had it open and, and, and God really said something to me and, and I could go on my journey with God, with what God was communicating to me and I could turn and flip to something else and, and, then, and then rejoin the journey as we are going. So I want to encourage you, if you do have it, Go for it. Uh, otherwise, we will have it up on the screen when it's needed. I tell you, uh, one of the first things I heard about the church before we even had our first Sunday here at church, I was told, Jono, this is a place where everyone lends a hand. People play a role. And, you know, it's, it's not one of those places where only a few people help out. Uh, there's a majority that helps out, which, which lo and behold, when I came along and and uh, pretty early on had this uh, winter roster, uh, winter serving plan sitting in front of me, I could see the range of things on the Sunday morning that that people help with, and I could see so many names on that serving plan, and I went, you know, it's really good. When you hear something about a church, then you go and you discover it's actually true. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had the experience where someone said something about their church or whatnot, and then you go along and you go, well, according to you, but not according to what I'm saying here. It's really nice to have that affirmation that, that, that I could see that straight up, straight away, just on pieces of paper. Um, the stat is uh, that on average about 45% of people who uh, attend church regularly serve in more than a one-off capacity. And that's, that's not a lot. That's like half, less than half. Whereas I could tell straight away from what I looked at, we had far greater than that stat on, uh, on the piece of paper in front of me. But then fortunately as time went on, I, uh, I got to see a, a home communion roster and seeing some more names of people who are, who are playing their part in that capacity. Got to see the people here at Helping Hand Cafe who, who help out in a different way as well. I was thinking, look at all these people helping, playing their part in serving the church. As I got to grow in relationship with some of you, some of you as the time has gone on so far, and hearing how people are serving in different ways in different communities, in different ministries outside this property here. It's just fantastic to hear. And I want to encourage you in that. It's fantastic. It's brilliant to see how many parts are playing their part. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 13, it says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. I say we're pretty good because I think we need to always have the attitude that, uh, that we never get to enough. Now, we've got to be prepared that, yeah, we are going well with this, but as soon as we drop the ball or take our eyes off it, then, then we'll, it might not be a strength anymore. And so we need to keep pushing into it and working on our strengths. So that's what we're looking at today. I, uh, I am curious to ask, uh, 
Do we have any uh, Greeks or Jews in the room? As it says in these scriptures, Greek or, or no? We've got some other cultures I uh, discovered this morning. We've got Brazilian in the, the culture, yeah, in, the, in the, the community here. It's hard to avoid our, uh, our South Africans, but I can't spot them. There we go. Yeah, we've got hard to avoid. But uh, we've got many cultures in our church, in that church, the global church. Here in our community, we have many differences. We come from different backgrounds, culturally, socioeconomically, family lifestyles. We've all come from something different. We all have different skills and talents. We all have different spiritual gifts that God has given each one of us. We've all got different experiences, different opinions, come from different spaces. But God has given us one purpose together to be united. It says, because we have been baptised by one spirit into one body. We're united. One purpose together. Now, you'd think that should be enough. That should be right. No worries. We don't have to worry any further about that. But, you know, Paul is writing these words for a specific reason. And unfortunately, in his context, the church in Corinth wasn't going so well. If I could give an analogy to this one purpose about the, the, the Corinthian church, well, I would say they, they had a bat and they were taking a bat to that one purpose. They weren't, they, they weren't respecting it. They weren't achieving it at all. They were actually focused on the individual parts as opposed to what it was supposed to achieve. For the Corinthian church, the issue around this uh, unity and one purpose, it was being destroyed because of the focus they had on spiritual gifts. If you have your Bible on your phone or, or in hard copy, you can see that the, the scriptures right before this passage and right after this passage is all about spiritual gifts. And that's the context that Paul writes into right here. Now, unfortunately, they're in, in that, that place. They, they were coming from different faith backgrounds and different, different, um, different geographies. They'd gathered together and, and all of a sudden they were focusing on this person's spiritual gift and this person's spiritual gift. And, oh, maybe that one's more important than the other. And all of a sudden in this congregation we've got division. We've got envy. We've got people who aren't respecting each other. It actually reads in Corinthians that they're, they're actually taking lawsuits out against each other. They're actually, because of the, the focus being shifted, they were more than happy to tolerate some people's sin. That's all right. They were completely focused on the individual aspects and taking away from the point of us being playing our parts, which is the purpose of the church, working together for what he wants to have happen. Every part is meant to play its part for the sake of the church, not for the sake of the individual. If you imagine the church being like a boat, 
Do we have any sailors in the room? Couple? Yeah, okay, okay. These, this is, these are just like my sneaky ways to like find out more conversation points just to ask you about later. Um, if the ch the, imagine the church being like a boat, right? And we are right out in the middle of the ocean. And all you can see for 360 degrees is water and the horizon. And maybe just on the horizon, hopefully out in front of the ship and not off behind, is just one speck right out on the horizon which we're heading for. Okay? That God wants us to go the direction. And so as a church, we have to band together, each part together, to join together and aim in that direction that God wants us to go in. Now, that works really well when we're all together. But at the distance that we're aiming, if we're off by a degree, or maybe a couple of people, you know, you know, they're all good for the church, but maybe, maybe there's a different agenda going on or a different purpose that, that, that they're holding strongly to, and it's just, just shifting the direction just a little bit. And we're not united in the way that God wants us to go. It might not seem like a big deal. It doesn't matter so much. You know, it's, it's, it's marginal. But you'd know that by the time we travel the distance that we'd need to get to our destination and we're off by a couple of degrees, then we'll eventually find once we've travelled that distance, we haven't got to where God wants us to be. We've actually missed the mark and we have so much greater still to go. So we have to make sure uh, we don't get distracted from being together, playing our part for the sake of the church and not for ourselves. Let's have a look at verse 16 onwards. It says, And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body, if the whole body were an eye, would, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Now just imagine for a moment. Imagine what it would be like if we were all Jono. Oh, you're right. Everyone would be enjoying themselves. The laughter that would fill the place would be the funniest church going around for sure. Uh, no dishes would get done ever. How great would that be? Oh, I imagine that's what heaven would be like. Uh, coffee addiction would be gone from the church. Oh, oh. Some of you are thinking, maybe it wouldn't be so good if we were all like Jono. <laughs> Imagine if we were all like Guy Sebastian. We would get our worship on every Sunday. Bro, yeah, like every single time. Oh, it would be so good and dope and all the other things you would say. You know what, after two and a half hours of worshipping like this, what oh, is there any need to get into God's word this morning? We've just had worship. 
So if we're too busy trying to be like other people and not making the most of the part we have to play and who we're supposed to be, we actually get a little bit out of balance and off kilter with where we're supposed to be. I really love, one of the things that's blown me away with this church here is the efforts and the lengths that uh, I've seen people go to to make sure that people can play a part. I'm sure most of you know Jason. You probably know Jason better than I do. Uh, Jason's got multiple sclerosis and and where he's at at the moment, he can't uh, join us in community on a Sunday morning. Uh, Fortunately, we have ways to join community with him anyway. But it blows my mind the lengths that some people have gone to to make sure that he is still be able to play a part in our community. You know, the first time I saw a video of him uh, reading the scriptures that were for Sunday morning, it was actually I was just clicking away on the, on the computer and found this video and, and watched it. I didn't have the context yet, and then I found out the context. I thought, this is amazing. And you know what? It's, it would be actually it would be far easier and simpler for us just not to do it. But I tell you, we are far richer and far greater as a church when we have it. There is value for each one in the part that we can play. Sometimes we get preoccupied by other people's talents and gifts and we focus so much on them that we actually find ourselves diminishing ours and not valuing them. Verse 16, it says, And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. Oh, wow, gosh. My words, they're just not as good as that person's. Oh, I'm not, I don't come across as warm as that person. I, I, I couldn't welcome a person. Oh, what do I have to offer? But God doesn't want us to devalue the gifts, the precious gifts that he's given each one of us. They're gifts from God, okay? So as soon as you start thinking about what you've got to offer, you you might be tempted to diminish that in your own mind. Just remember that they're actually not of your own self, but they come from God. They're valuable and they're precious, and we have to be prepared to use them. At my previous uh, church in our young adults ministry, we um, we would pray at the end of our time together each, whenever we gathered. And uh, it was pretty stock standard, regular kind of thing that, that the same few people would pray. And uh, each time, that's, that's the way it would go. Um, one of the people in this group, Known, I've known her since she was maybe in grade five. So I've seen her over many, many years. And, and I, I realised at some point that I thought, I'm not sure if I've ever heard her pray together as our community. I'm sure she prays, but I, I'd never heard uh, the words that she had to share. And uh, at one point, managed to uh, get my hands on a prayer resource, which we shared around. And, and uh, to this day, it was one of the most special times we spent in prayer. And we, we shared this resource out and we came to, to pray together. And, and every single person prayed. Now, now, I'm not saying like that, that is the goal. That's not the goal. But the type of prayer that people shared was so uplifting and encouraging. And it was just an amazing time. 
Now, this, this young lady who, who I've known for such a long time who I couldn't ever remember praying, that was the highlight for me. Because while she might not have thought that, you know, she might have thought she didn't pray as long as she could have or, or she didn't use holy words or, or, you know, she didn't quote scripture or, or, I mean, I don't remember what she said, but she might have thought all sorts of things. I don't know. I don't know what was going through her head. But for me, in that place and in that time, I was so uplifted and encouraged because of the words that she had to share, the reflection that it had of her relationship with God, the, the words that I wouldn't usually use in prayer, thinking about things ways that I wouldn't usually think about things. It was such an encouraging time and, and I, I, I hope it was encouraging for her. But I could tell once we finished that time of prayer together, as everyone's brought something, we were far greater and richer for it. And you might be like, oh, I'm not a prayer. Like, that's not my gift. Well, yeah, there's, a, there's a gift of intercession, yes, but we are all called to pray. Now, sometimes we might go the other way, where instead of diminishing our gift, we'll actually value our gift or somebody else's spiritual gift far greater than what we should. It says in our passage, verse 21, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Sometimes the opposite happens, where we begin to see certain gifts and roles with greater importance than we should. Oh, it would be great if we could gather all the eyes together. I, I could see so well because I'm an eye. And so if we just get all the eyes together and we're going to see so well, this is going to go really well. You know what? I've got an evangelist heart. I'm really evangelistic. But, oh, people in my church, they don't, they don't share the same heart as me. There's, there's no like-minded people with that same drive. And maybe if I could gather some more evangelists together and we could be a bit more like-minded. That would be great. Oh, there's, we've got quite a few now. Oh, you know what? We could start a church. This will be great because we're all evangelistic and we can go out and we'll bring people into the church. Oh, this is going really well because it's working. We're, we're getting people. We're introducing people to Jesus. How good is this? Oh, fantastic. Oh, they're leaving pretty quick though. Man, if only we had... Someone who was a real disciple. Someone who was a real disciple here with us and they could grow that foundation and, and they, they could really bring them to a bit more Christian maturity. And all the while, perhaps we've actually got churches around us. They're now missing evangelistic types. But they've got some great disciples in them. Oh, Listen, I don't know if you really belong here. Do you speak in tongues? I don't know if this church is really for you. You're not prepared to get here an hour early, Karen, to pray with us? Do you really love Jesus? Oh, I don't know. We get hung up, and sometimes it's our own gifts because it's our experience and we know it to be true and we have that and we value it and everyone else needs to be like that and have that. And We've got to make sure we're not spending too much time elevating one gift over another, one person's role over another person's role. It can be really tricky. 
And I think perhaps a lot of us have seen instances of this and perhaps even at times fall prey to it ourselves where we've fallen into that. I think sometimes uh, a really good example that I think of, of the church actually want to draw on Harry Potter this morning. Now, now don't stone me yet. Um, there's a there's a there's a fictitious creature that that's that's uh, created in in this series. It's called a Vila, um, and the Vila is a beautiful woman, beautiful. Uh, race of, of women who, who have lovely long blonde hair. You can imagine in, in the story it goes that, that, that men would fall prey to these vila. Now th that's not necessarily so bad. They fall in love, it's okay. You know, they're, they're supposed to be the type that, that they go gaga over men. Like, guys, remember that first time you met your wife and you went gaga and you couldn't string sentences together? Yeah? Hopefully, you have some sort of reflection like that. It's a bit like that, okay. Now, now, guys, if you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, you may want to silently agree with me about the next part because while the Vila were happy, they are oh, magnificent, alluring, drawing in creatures. But when they were angry, they sort of transform into this, like, this, this pointy-featured, horned, like, wings, scaly wings that would come out. And I tell you, we wouldn't want to be around there. Guys, do not murmur agreements right now, please, for your own sake. But I actually think that's what the church looks like. When every part is playing its part and, and value is given to all, the church is a beautiful place. It's a wonderful place. You know, I love hearing people from outside the church when they talk about the work of the Salvation Army over so many years. And you know, it's so great to see people recognise the beauty of the church, whether they, they realise they're doing it or not. Because the church can be a beautiful place. But unfortunately... When things aren't going the way God has destined his church to be, the church can be an ugly place. We have modern day examples of this. When new laws are being passed, irrespective of your opinion, unfortunately the church is seen as a hateful and a judgmental place. Unfortunately these days... The only way some people have a chance of even hearing the name of Jesus in a positive context is to have to go to a building. Is that the church realised in the way that God wants it to be? Sometimes people go to that effort and they finally get into a church. They, they, they want to go and find out more about God and then they leave straight away and, and not come back because they didn't encounter the love of Christ. They didn't feel welcomed. They didn't feel like that it was a place that they could be. These are examples of the ugliness of what, unfortunately, we turn the church into, not what God wants it to be. Verse 26 
It teaches a fantastic truth about the church back then and the church today. It says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. And you know, it's internally true about the church. You know, I know people have repeated, said to me so many times, I've been hurt by the church. And I want to say that, that internally, that, that this, the church needs to have every part playing its part. And if you do get hurt, the church is a place where we need to share that burden together. And you know what? It's also the place that when something is going well and you've got a reason to praise God, bring it in, share it with us so that we can shout rejoices along with the angels for what God is doing here. So we can all play a part in rejoicing God and what he's done in your life. But unfortunately, the truth is also true externally about the church. You know, what we do it sometimes where we're like, like, anyone remember when Gary Ablett won the Brownlow? Junior, Gary Ablett Junior won the Brownlow and he, he gave tribute to God. I remember what it was like because, like, after that, it was sort of like that week, it's like I'm walking around like I'm with him. Like, that, 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 that God he's representing, I'm with that guy too. They're like, oh, you've, you've, you've walked in it. And then, unfortunately, the flip side is still true that when the church is suffering and when something happens, we wear it as well. And you know what? In some contexts, rightfully, we, 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 do, we, we have to wear it. We, we deserve to wear it. Sometimes it's not rightful. But we do wear it. And it hurts, doesn't it? I feel for the church. I cry for the church. I mourn for the church, for the reputation that we have in society. You know, it disappoints me when I, I hear people outside the church talk about the church and it doesn't reflect anything that I've ever seen. It saddens me that the words that Paul wrote about for the context so long ago are still true for us today. In the church, we still envy each other. We see some of the worship going on. We go, man, if I could just be like yourself. We have debates, and I'm not saying healthy debates. We have destructive debates. We, we, we have differences which we allow to be destructive instead of constructive. We take out lawsuits against each other in the church. We focus more on our differences than what unites us. We play favourites. We starve out faith in our churches. We accept sin. We get offended. And then all of a sudden, off goes an arm. And we've lost an arm from the body of Christ. It's pretty sad. 
And I just want to say, every part has its part to play. It's greater than you and I. You know, we, we say church isn't just a building and it's not just a building. But a Christian can't be a church on their own. They have to be connected some way, somehow to others. The church is far greater than me. The church is far greater than you. We serve a greater purpose than ourselves. It's each one of our responsibilities to make sure that Christ's bride is in its best condition for when Jesus returns. And how can we do that if something happens and we decide to forsake the church? I get that it hurts. And I get that it's not easy. But we have a part to play that's greater than ourselves. So let me encourage you this morning about the part that you play. Your part in the church. I've got a few questions which I'm just going to ask and I want to encourage you to uh, have this between you and God. Maybe one of these questions is for you. Maybe multiple are for you. But you spend time in reflection with him about what he's saying to you this morning. You have that dialogue. Because sometimes somehow in the church we all of a sudden do make it about so many other things that our faith in Jesus Christ is not about. And because we've made it about other things and something happens, we leave, then somehow we leave our relationship with Jesus where it was. Let me ask these questions. And you engage in that relationship with Jesus right now. What part do you play? Do you need to step out in faith to be who God is calling you to be? Have you decided that you don't need to do anything at the moment? I want to encourage you. That's a conversation you need to have with God. Don't have to. No, I, I, it's between you and God. Maybe right now, are you ready? Have you gotten to that point where you're prepared to play your part? Perhaps you don't know what your part is supposed to be. And if that's you, I want, I want to encourage you, come see me. I'd, I'd love to journey with you to push into God and ask and find out what he's gifted you to do and who you are to be. And we can journey together. Is your part meant to help someone else connect back into the body so they can flourish and be and play their part? I'm going to encourage you to consider that for a moment whether you've been here a short while or a long while, and consider who perhaps is God wanting me to draw back into his body.
our next series in two in three weeks' time. Uh, it's called Changing the Status Quo. And it's all about going deeper in our relationship with God, trying to take away all the extra stuff that, that we sort of add into our faith that, 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 that builds us up and encourages and does all sorts of good things, but we're going to just try to take that away and look at some of the essential simple things that is relationship between you and God, the things that help you grow relationship and deepen relationship. We're going to look at those things. And we're going to have from next week in the, in the foyer uh, a number of different uh, prompt cards. On one side there's a graphic and, a, and, and some different words on different cards that, that just put, prompt a reflection and hopefully an encouragement to go deeper with God. And on the other side we've just got details about the series. And I want to encourage you. You know, if God is giving you someone this morning, to connect back in. Perhaps they need to pick up the ball again to continue their relationship with God. Next week we'll have them here. Take them. Give them. Speak to somebody so we can see people growing in their relationship with God. So we'll have that next week. And that series will start in three weeks' time and and preached across a number of different weeks with a number of different people coming to share. Why don't we pray? We're going to finish with some thanksgiving. Thanking God for who we have here and the parts that we each have to play. To play. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for all those who play a part in your church here, in other churches, Lord, for those who are in mission organisations, Lord, who are leading great faith institutions across the, the globe. God, I thank you for those who serve up front here, Lord, for those who serve behind the scenes, outside our walls. God, we give you great praise for those you have gifted to be our apostles, our prophets, our evangelists, our pastors, our teachers. God, we thank you for those who embody a supernatural gift from God. Lord, we ask you to empower them and use them to display your power. God, we thank you so much, Lord, for those you have gifted with mercy, hospitality, Lord, those who are passionate in mission. Lord, for those who have a gift of encouragement. Lord, wisdom, intercession. Oh, Lord, that's just a few. God, we thank you for all the gifts that you have poured out. And God, we thank you for the willing sacrifice that God's people make for his church, just as Jesus sacrificed himself for us. Lord, thank you for each one. And God, help us to continue to appreciate every single part. It's in your name we pray. Amen.